0: Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. He's a former New Orleans police officer. He's written several articles for lawenforcementtoday.com. He's a blogger. And he's been through hair-raising experiences in law enforcement, and he's coming up on the Law Enforcement Today show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725 online at Center. calling us from the frozen tundra known as Buffalo, New York. Where by the way my daughters live, they live in South Buffalo. We have Dylan Warder on the phone. Dylan, thanks for joining us on the Law Enforcement Today show.
1: Hey, how you doing? Thank you very much. I I'm
0: sure it. you're frozen. I'm sure it's cold <laughs> and I wouldn't be shocked if you didn't have like a foot of snow.
1: Yeah, no, I'm surrounded by snow. I'm actually sitting in my truck right now because my uh, dogs tend to bark when they hear things, so I didn't want to be interrupted. Gotcha. Well, I'm,
0: I'm glad you are doing this, and I'm glad we finally got to hook up on the Law Enforcement Today show and give you an idea about Dylan. Dylan is a former New Orleans police officer, and he's written some great articles on Law Enforcement Today uh, You just had another one posted recently about Mardi Gras, didn't you? Uh, actually, yeah, it was- yeah. And I'm sure you've got some awesome experiences with Mardi Gras. <laughs> I say awesome tongue in cheek because if it's <laughs> like Baltimore, Fourth of July, New Year's Eve, it didn't matter. There was it all started off great, but then somewhere along the way, it turned into lunacy.
1: It always did. Yeah, it's uh it's an amazing amazing time of year. The festivities, the parades, the positive interactions with the community, the change of pace it's all it's all a lot of fun, but it's Also very very exhausting, so I just I uh, that in that article that was posted I just kind of touched base on that and uh, in the end kind of tried to redirect everyone's focus to appreciating New Orleans Police Department officers for you know what they're doing. They have tough job on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, and it's I don't care what city you're in, I don't care what county you're in. Law enforcement now is, is just a very very difficult job. And putting on the happy face, when you have so many tourists in town for an event, it gets taxing, and you put in very long hours, and, and you deal with people all day long, and if you think it's easy, I, I tell you, go out there, how about this, try directing traffic for three hours at a fire scene, and see how long you stay happy. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah, it's tough. I, uh, I think that it is uh, definitely something that people enjoy. Um, from both sides as a civilian and as as law enforcement but it's just exhausting it's a lot of work it's a lot of standing around um, and that's for every event that's just not Mardi right. just that's not just Mardi Gras that's every event throughout the country that lasts an entire day or, or days on end
0: well for example in New Orleans for Mardi Gras or other big events like that in the French Quarter about how long would you guys have to work
1: Anywhere from six to twenty hours a day, depending. Uh, As you get deeper for Mardi Gras, for example, the deeper you get into Mardi Gras, the longer the days are, the shorter the turnover rate is. So it just by the end, you are all you want to do is sleep and get off your feet.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Before we get into uh, into a lot of stories and details, you have a blog. Uh, Tell people about the blog and what they can find there and where they can find it.
1: Uh, So, the blog is www.gypsywithagun.com that I launched mid-January. This is a blog that covers daily life stories, uh, present and past, as well as law enforcement stories, uh, world travel stories, and a free life movement uh, section that is more directed towards the online business that I'm starting. Okay. um, Well, you kind of, you defy and
0: and shatter some stereotypes about law enforcement. Uh, First of all, before we go into the details of before and where you're at now, give us a brief overview of your career in law enforcement, a bird's eye view.
1: I started off with an epic arrest that was uh, also a very unfortunate experience of losing Uh, a brother that I worked with that, uh, was on the first platoon that I worked on. And that sort of launched my career. I, I tried to, uh, there was a lot, a lot of jokes that, you know, you started your career off with the biggest arrest you'll ever make. So where do you go from here? Right. Um, by catching the, the guy that killed our officer um, which is one of the articles that was recently published. And from there, I was assigned to the 7th District, which is in New Orleans East, and was working on the day platoon there, uh, which usually a day platoon is, is where the, the veterans go and, and where, you know, it's the, the easy work. But in New Orleans East, is it, far from that. Uh, so I got a lot of experience really fast and eventually was moved to the task force where it was also called general assignment, uh depending on you know politics and whatnot, what sounded sounded best at the time. But either way we were we were tasked with whatever the district needed at the time, uh, which was sometimes narcotics and sometimes uh area patrol for wherever we were getting hit most with violence or car burglaries and so on. And uh I spent two and a half, three years with the task force and in that time, experienced some some things that were really great, like the brotherhood mm-hmm. and some things like losing a brother that really took a toll on me.
0: Those things do. Yeah. And I, I retired, it's hard to believe this past month, made 27 years ago. I got hurt, I got retired very young at the age of 33 and I had a good friend who was killed in line of duty that i've worked with and he worked under me for uh a period of time and to this date i have a very difficult time talking about it i had his surviving wife on the show kim Abato diachilla she did a great job and i told him even then to this day i've known her all these years and i still find it difficult to talk to
1: her and talk about it at all yeah it's, it's tough to accept there's a lot of questions like why um that particular incident, I struggled with some survivor's guilt. I don't exactly want to get into the details no, of it right you. now, but I, I but I don't blame
0: you. You don't need to, and and I'll, I'll just I'll I'll paraphrase from my own experience. The survivor's guilt, I beat myself up royally for years over this, and really the reality is there's nothing I could have done. I'm not Superman. I, I'm certainly not God, and I couldn't have prevented what was it? I was in another district at the time but I I felt guilty about leaving and transferring and the whole nine yards. And there was nothing I could have done to save Billy's life. There's nothing I could have done to save Vinny's life and other officers, but that didn't stop us from trying. And it certainly didn't stop us from that whole mental game. We play of what if, and I should have, could have, would have.
1: Right. I mean, we're trained to, to, to do the, the what if game, right? On a daily basis, wherever we are, but I, uh, I dealt with it in ways and, uh, Somehow, right at the at the at the right time, I started to get myself together when I had uh, the opportunity to join the SWAT team. More so, the the Tiger Unit of New Orleans was, which is tactical information gathering, enforcement response team, uh, which is a part of the SWAT team. And there, I was doing surveillance mainly, just up. As a construction worker and driving a white Ford F one hundred and fifty, and I was doing work that I felt actually mattered. Right? right, like I was, I was putting, I was helping put criminals away for long periods of time for serial armed robberies and shootings and homicides. Um, here, I saw some of the worst and cruel things that any human could do to another and on that note
0: we're going to take a short break you are listening to the law enforcement Today show we'll be right back
3: Rate based on age 42 with no tobacco use of any form for 20 years. Policy number 25, policy underwritten by various life insurance companies. Premium includes a $50 policy fee rate and underwriting criteria subject to change at any time. Not available in some states. You've heard those term life insurance ads with the rates read very low and at the end they have a long disclaimer read extremely fast. Why? Because most people like us will never qualify for those rates. It's just a way to get you to call. Listen, at the term lifeline, we'll never quote you a low rate hoping you'll call. Then try to sell you something else. But we do promise to get you the best rates of available on policies of $500,000 or more with professional service. Don't waste your valuable time. Get the real rates you want on term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more from the Term Lifeline. Call now. 800-957-6068.
4: 800-957-6068. 800-957-6068. That's 800-957-6068. We all know that law enforcement, first
0: responders, and military have dangerous jobs. They see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine. And all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists, helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center, call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at Transformationstreatment.center.
4: Americans are going crazy for a new Italian diet pill that burns three times more fat than dieting alone. And the next 100 callers get three bottles for free. Sold under the brand name Invigorate 3X, this powerful pill triggers metabolic acceleration, a process that's deficient to most Americans, making weight loss a hassle. But a new study shows 30 pounds gone in 90 days with just two capsules a day. Julie B. of Nashville says I was skeptical. But when I saw a famous doctor made it, I decided to try it. I was shocked. I lost 16 pounds in six weeks. For a limited time, our listeners get three free bottles with a qualifying order. Call 1-800-932-1786 now to get started. Call in the next 10 minutes and also get a free bottle of the doctor's Ultra Detox. And don't forget your free 14-day diet fix. No obligation and 100% free when you call right now. 800-932-1786. 800-932-1786. If you've missed past episodes of the Law
0: Enforcement Today show, never fear. You can listen to them online. Just go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, or download our free app, also available on our website. That's lawenforcementtoday.com. See you there. during our conversation with Dylan Water, former New Orleans police officer, calling us from Buffalo, New York. Great town, by the way. I love Buffalo. In the summer, not the winter so much. Uh, when we left off, Dylan, you're talking about, first of all, you gave away a great secret. I did the construction worker undercover bit for surveillance as well. The old orange work truck and the dirty coveralls and a hard hat, and you could blend in anywhere. There's other secrets we had, and Between me and you, the best surveillance vehicle ever was a yellow taxi cab. But I I, I don't want to get into a lot of details. So, So when you're talking about doing the surveillance work and doing work that mattered, and you also talked about or alluded to, that's where you saw some of the worst of the worst. And this is where I think many people in America have no concept of just how violent and just how traumatic and i mean i don 't mean dramatic, but there 's that too, but trauma and injury and loss of life goes on on a daily basis across the United States, and
1: our first responders
0: and law enforcement officers deal with it every day
1: yeah the the mental health issues that law enforcement officers are dealing with on a daily basis is quickly becoming something that I want to focus on. Uh, I want to like like the the article about mardi gras i want I want to post some positive things, but I want to focus on the issues that we're all dealing with because I didn't feel like I could talk about them right like right. i had I had a very close unit that all went through the same thing, some of us were there, some of us weren't and unfortunately i wasn't there and for me to feel the way i did i couldn't imagine how they felt oh yeah but i know on the surface they seemed like they were okay then i a- asked myself like why am i not okay so then i didn't want to to express the way i felt because i felt like i shouldn't feel that way right and we all knew that we could talk to each other right but after you know a couple months it got to a point where if I was having a bad day and you might be having a good day although I wanted to talk about it and needed to I didn't want it to ruin your day I didn't want because at that time I was having more bad days than I had good days How long period of time did that last? I I drank and dealt with everything by myself Mm -hmm. for six months straight Mm -hmm. um and came to a breaking point where i something had to change or it was going to take a turn for the worse
0: and we know what the turn for the worse is because it, it for those listening who don't know what we're alluding to And Dylan's case may not have gotten that far, but we have a tremendous problem in law enforcement and also first responders with suicide. And we've had it for a very long time. The news media love to tell you it's a recent thing. Social media love to tell you it's a recent thing. It was going on in the 70s and 80s and 90s and 2000s. And we have more officers killed by suicide last year than killed in line of duty. And it's a, a shameful fact that, we're not really good at dealing with this. Before we go into it further, I want to let people know we just launched on Law Enforcement Today our own forums, and one of them is a peer support forum, which is anonymous. People create a screen name, and they can access it from our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And also, as uh, a button right on our app, which you can download and put on your phone. So if you have an officer, a retired officer in Buffalo or Alaska or Miami, and you feel isolated and alone, and, which is very easy to do they can just hit that button and post something in the peer support forum and someone's going to reply to them that's been through it because we're getting sick of this happening. We're getting sick of hearing stories about people feeling all
2: alone.
1: It's something that is becoming more and more known, right? Because of the way our world is now with social media, right? We just have access to it at our fingertips. That's the only reason people know more about it now than ever. And Every single day, not every single day, but recently, every time I open up my phone and I open up the Facebook app, somehow I'm the first thing I'm faced with is an article about another officer being killed, know. Right whether it's whether it's by their own gun or somebody else's gun. But recently it's been by their own gun. And
0: you know what? It doesn't matter to me. It, it doesn't matter. They're still gone. I used to be back in the day when I was younger and naive and stupid, I, I would look at this thing and go, well, killing line of duty is honorable, but this suicide thing, I didn't look at it as being a result of what they went through in the job. But now I do.
1: Maybe dive a little more into that for me.
0: Well, when I was younger, you know, and on the job, first of all, I think maybe it's a the whole bulletproof mentality that, that, you know, bad stuff's not going to happen to me. Uh, and we had suicides. And so part of it would be we would look down or I would look down on them and somehow that was some sign of weakness and not job-related. However, over the years, I've become through my own experience and seeing other officers go through this and reading these stories you talk about my point of view has changed tremendously because what happens is so many of these suicides are directly job related. They're PTSD related. There's substance abuse involved with PTSD and all these other things, marital problems, relationship problems, job problems, and all of a sudden the solution is to end it all. I guess and I'm kind of preaching here. I get it I yeah. get upset about
1: it. No. It's it's something I mean, I've been I've been working trying to write an article that it's just titled don't do it Mm -hmm. and there's this picture i have in my mind of uh, a glass of whiskey and a gun next to it and it's just it's something that i've really struggled with writing because it makes me so emotional uh and it's just kind of push, it makes me want to push myself to get it done because if it makes me that emotional to write it, imagine how emo- emotional it may make other officers to read it who are dealing with the mental stress right. that the job brings.
0: It does, and it's it really grinds on people, and it it has a, a tremendous negative effect on the psyche, for lack of better words, of the officer, which in turn has a trickle-down effect and ripple effect, where it affects the quality of their relationship with their spouse, with their children. And quite often, they wind up uh, being divorced multiple times, uh, drinking too much, not spending time with their children, and feeling horribly alone and depressed. And it's, it's a cycle that, one of the things we need to do, I believe is we need to start talking to each other more.
1: Absolutely. Um, I will, I will say that my relationship, which was one where we did not fight. We did not argue nothing until I used alcohol as a coping mechanism of what I went through. Mm -hmm. And, She, my fiancé, still my fiancé, was an angel through the entire thing. But at a certain point, she realized that in supporting me, she stopped supporting herself. And when I finally learned of the toll it was taking on her, the toll that I was taking on her, it stopped me in my tracks of coping and, and dealing with everything that way. I was very close to becoming alone.
0: Yeah. We're going to delve more into that. Dylan Waters, is our guest. He's calling us from Buffalo, New York. He's a former New Orleans police officer. This is a Law Enforcement
4: Today Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Got an old car? You can donate it, whether it's running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation and save a life. They'll even come and pick it up for free. The United Breast Cancer Foundation has saved hundreds of women's lives through their free or low-cost breast screen exams. But now they need your help. The United Breast Cancer Foundation wants to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for free pickup. 800-280-9435. 800-280-9435. 800-280-9435. Call right now. That number again is 800-280-9435.
2: Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost, and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at Center.
0: When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. Back through our conversation with Dylan Warder on the Law Enforcement Today show. Dylan, you know you're doing such a great job talking about very difficult things to express. I noticed this in your writing, that you have a, a talent for putting... Words to, well, I would say words to paper, but now we're talking about digital law enforcement today dot com. But you have a great way of expressing words and emotions where anybody could understand, and and it's obviously not full of this new term propaganda that people don't throw out. It's not full of smoke and mirrors. It's real life experiences from your perspective.
1: My main goal with that is is if I'm as as brutally honest and and raw with myself on paper or, as you say, digitally, then it will resonate that much more with the people who are going through, have gone through, or are going to go through those same things. Whether they are the officer, the wife, the brother, the sister, the best friend who is trying to support them, or just some stranger... If I'm able to be honest in myself through my writing, then in that, I I only hope to be able to to bring the emotion that I feel out in the reader so that they understand.
0: Someone else that, that suffers when this happens, and it's so easy to judge when you see an officer who has lost it, and that's a term we would use when they seem to be calm, cool, and collected all the time, and someone says something wrong on a call. It could be a domestic or whatever it might be. And normally, that they just it rolls off them like water off a duck. And all of a sudden, they are out of their mind, angry. Uh, that's quite often a symptom of what we're talking about. And other people that suffer is our communities because we needed as a community. We need our officers our firefighters, our EMTs to be as healthy as they can because we rely on them. When you have an emergency in the middle of the night, let's say your uncle Joe is sick and having a heart attack. You call 911, you expect someone to come and help. You don't want to have your first responder coming to help that needs help themselves and is, and is losing it. But that's what happens when we don't take care of each other.
1: It's becoming more and more of an issue and not becoming more and more of a priority. The mental health of first responders needs to be a priority for everyone because everyone, even if they don't realize it, relies on first responders. Whether they do on a regular basis or never have and hopefully never will, they still, on a daily basis, rely on them to hold a line, right? We talk about that line. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's there. Many people don't realize it because they go about their lives. And it's a beautiful thing in a way to be able to go about your life not worrying about what could happen to you, right? L- not living with that fear. But without first responders and law enforcement, you wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, That fear would be there. All the time to give you would people not be able an ex- to go to the grocery store.
0: Yeah, exactly. And to give people an example, of what creates this unhealthy state of mind? And I don't like the term. Well, let's talk about PTSD. I do not like the term post traumatic stress disorder. I much prefer post traumatic stress injury because to me that's a more appropriate description of what happens when you're constantly exposed to trauma and life and death situations. Adrenaline going to the red line and then calming down. Adrenaline to the red line, calming down. Absolute boredom to the fight for your life within moments. It has an effect on your physiology. Not just your train of thought, but also your mind and your body. So, when we are exposed to all these things, I can come up with people say some of the worst things I ever experienced. I could tell them, but I don't. So, I'm going to put you in a spot and say, in your police career, other than the co-worker was cut in line of duty which we won't talk about and i respect that you can't or don't want to and i'm not gonna push you what else would you say would be one of those defining moments that you felt really had an impact on you and started to change the way you perceived policing
1: um first right before i get into that i just i, I realized that i didn't say his name and that's important to me i want everybody to know that one of my partners, that the one that was killed that we were speaking of and, and electing not to speak of, is Marcus Milkdud, as his nickname McNeil, who was killed October 13, thousand seventeen, while fighting a convicted felon for an illegal firearm. I just, I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm saying his Bloody name because devil. I want people to know it. To, to answer your question, there is a very significant day that stands out to me, and in this day of events, I responded to a homicide by shooting, and when getting on scene, I you know, fought the girlfriend back from holding her boyfriend's dead body so that we could preserve the scene to hopefully bring justice to, to the, for them to whoever had done it, right? which is a very tough thing to do. But as I stood over this this dead body, I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel sadness or empathy. I did not feel, I didn't feel anything, literally anything in those moments. It wasn't until I left that scene and en route to another call, heard the dispatcher put out a call of a dog hit by a car and it was in route to the call. I was going to, I was going to pass it right now. I couldn't look, I could not look at this dog even injured, let alone dead. It brought a level of emotion to like to me that I didn't want to deal with. I didn't want to go to that call. I, I, I could have easily responded. Luckily, the, the officers that were, were supposed to be responding were pulling up as I was passing. It was, if not, then it would have been my duty to. So I was lucky in that. But later on that day, I went to another shooting and felt the same way as the first one, which was completely different from how I felt about this dog. So it's dead human versus dead dog. And that was a, def- a very defining day for me to realize that I had become so numb and exposed to death of humans, right? Because I hadn't been to that many injured dog calls that it had just made me realize that I was changing, mm-hmm. right? Like there, A gate had opened that I thought was locked. It was impenetrable. And I was now... Changing, it was changing who I was in a way that I had no idea how to deal with. Part of me thought that it was maybe a good thing that I wasn't getting emotional on, on a scene where somebody's being killed. But it wasn't something I dug into personally to figure out so that I could maybe stop that, that numbing from happening. I just continued doing my job and it just continued to increase
0: for me without a doubt i can relate to everything you're talking about i had the hardest time especially towards the end of my career dealing with violence to children to babies to elderly people deaths the the homicides and of course the shootings i was involved in all had a negative negative effect on me And unfortunately, that negative effect carried over to home life, which wound up ruining a marriage, which wound up meaning spending many, many years apart from my children. And that's a cycle that happens far too often. And it happens for our law enforcement officers all throughout the United States corrections officers, firefighters, EMTs as well. None of them are immune. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back.
3: Are you working so hard to make a living you can't take time to make any real money? Is every day the same boring routine, going nowhere, and the money runs out before the month? My name is Ron Legrand, and for over 35 years now, I've been helping clients take their life back by buying and selling houses with no money, credit, experience, or license. If you'll call 800-956-0677, 24 hours, and leave a message, I'll send you my new book and CD absolutely free so you can see how. I've bought hundreds of houses and trained thousands to do the same. Call 800 956 0677. get your free starter kit until 500 are gone. You'll learn how to make a full-time income on a part-time basis without risk, largely tax-free, and get 90% of the work done for you for pennies. That's 800-956-0677. 800-956-0677. Again, 800-956-0677. That's 800-956-0677.
4: cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-451-8603 800-451-8603 800-451-8603 That's 800-451-8603
0: This is John J. Wiley on the Law & Today show, joined by special guest Dylan Water. Dylan is a former New Orleans police officer. And In the hierarchy of police work, for me, there's very few things I correct people on. And one is, if someone calls me an ex-police or ex-officer, I always say no, it's retired. There are former, there are ex, and they're retired. So for me, former means you decide for whatever reason you don't want to do it anymore, or you, you can call yourself retired is obviously line of duty, or you do your full stint in retire, and then X are the ones who are forced to leave. Um, so I think it's important to use the term former or retired with you.
1: Yeah, it's it's tricky. I mean, I I, I was you know in the middle of my fifth year when I left, so I would I would use former. I think that's appropriate. I think that the word retirement comes with a level of service, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that can do with pension and so on. Uh, I think that if I had maybe done 10 years, 15 years, then I could have said it, but, but former is definitely what I think would fit. Some, someday I may go back. So, Well, uh, I, I, I hope, I you, I hope you do,
0: because in, just in reading some of your writings, and one of them, I can't recall the title of it, but you talk quite a bit about what it was like to deal with all these incidents in a five-year career, and you can't imagine what officers do 20 years went through. Which, do you remember which one that was?
1: That's, that's I Have, which broke down just a, a sample, right, of the things mm-hmm. that I experienced in those five years, and in the end, focuses on what I wasn't doing, what I was doing, and what I, I, I personally and others need to be doing when dealing with those sorts of things or th- this career in general. Right. And
0: before I forget, and I'm horrible at this, and I'm trying to get better, thank you for your services. It's very much appreciated. And just knowing you and knowing your writing, and by the way, for folks listening, just go to lawenforcementtoday.com. Up top where his search put in Dylan, D-Y-L-A-N, Warder, W-A-R-T-E-R, and it should show up all the articles he's written, and you can visit and you'll see what I'm talking about. So thank you for your service. I can tell you've been through a lot of the same things that I've been through it gets better it's much better than it used to be i tell people my life today is nothing even remotely close to what it used to be like in the early 90s uh when i went through real dark days i don't have dark days anymore i have some dark moments and a good example was there's things i know i need to watch out for and stay away from And one is getting mad and getting angry because i don't get mad and angry normally and it triggers off a whole bunch of this fight or flight stuff. And uh, that something happened last night. And next thing you know, I'm having nightmares. I sleep horrible. Uh, I've, my wife is really good about it. Uh, she knows how to be supportive. And, and she knows to encourage me to do things I know I need to do. And, and today, you know, I feel like an emotional hangover. I got sober 27 years ago. And all of a sudden, I feel like I've been out drinking till 3 o'clock in the morning.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. It wears uh, you out. Yes, it does. Emotional stress is one of the most exhausting things that you can deal with. Oh, I'll take Um,
0: physical pain over emotional pain any day of the week. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that Uh, comes with the territory of of policing. So right now you are, you're
1: writing, you've got your blog. Again, what is the name of the blog? Gypsy with a gun. So it's www.gypsywithagun.com. And how do
0: we get the term Gypsy. With a gun,
1: I get the whole so, "with a gun" part. So Where's the gypsy part come from? <laughs> uh, the people that uh, I've worked with are laughing right now at your question because I, after college, I sold everything I owned and I backpack across country, playing music on the street. I got stuck in New Orleans for a little while, uh, then moved to Atlanta. Didn't really like Atlanta and moved back to New Orleans. And there's there was this. Story and that people created that I was a gutter punk. <laughs> <laughs> and this is and part of what there- makes
0: your story so unique. People always have this image in their mind that police officers come from squeaky clean environments and backgrounds, and there's some like that. But a lot of us have really, really diverse stories from all kinds of backgrounds.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I was, I was arrested four times before I was a police officer. No I, kidding. I uh, yeah my my story is definitely a little different than what people expect, uh, which I believe allowed me to be a little more well rounded and, and have the ability to deal with different walks of life. I think that I value life experience over uh, you know college education yeah. any day, and yeah. I have both.
0: So I, and I'm not I, well. I did go to college. I majored in drinking and had a minor in sociology. I got, a, <laughs> I got a 4.0 in my major and a DNF in my minor and I was out within a year.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that sounds just about right.
0: Yeah, so, and of course, I was young and stupid but, you know, one of the basic things that ever happened to me and also, one of the things that happened to me that had the most impact, some could say negatively, I try not to look at it that way is being a police officer and, and retiring as a police sergeant. I have scars, I have metal plates in my hand, I have a permanent, lifelong physical disability, which doesn't stop me from anything, and I also have emotional limitations. I know my limitations of what I can and can't do, physically and also emotionally. But all that is part of being alive and surviving this line of work, and it was no walk in the park.
1: Right. Yeah, I think that everything that I went through, recently I believe this, but everything that I went through has led up to even this moment, you know, here talking with you. I think that because mental health and the, where law enforcement is going, it's, it's extremely important for people to not just feel comfortable, but to simply talk about the things that they're going through or went through to help those that are going to go through the same things or similar things.
0: How do we start so, that conversation with people who are reluctant to talk about it? Uh, that's difficult. That's a million dollar I, I, question. Yeah, because I, yeah. I don't have the answer yeah. to it either. So what I'm doing is something, when I grew up in, in the Vietnam era, I noticed a lot of the Vietnam vets while they were waiting for VA and everybody else to, to start helping them. They took the, the bull by the horns and they started talking to themselves and they say, are you all right, brother? Are you all right, sister? You don't look all right. You're not acting like yourself. I've been through it. This is what I went through. This is what happened to me. And that's something I think as law enforcement officers, active, retired, former, we need to start doing it ourselves.
1: Yeah. The, so there's a level of fear with expressing yourself to others, let alone the world, right? Like I had never shared any of my writing. I've been writing a book since 2011, and I never shared a single piece of my writing with anybody, not even my fiance, until January of this year, because I was so open in my writing and was afraid of somebody really seeing me uh-huh. right it there's a level of, of fear in expressing yourself because of the vulnerability
0: and you, one of the things that we used to do and I, I don't know about you but i i tried to dress for work mentally and put the uniform on when you usually want to put the vest on it was like okay it's game time and when the vest was coming off it's all part of a mental thing where In theory, where I'm trying to transition out of that police mode into, hey, I'm just Jay, and I'm a husband, I'm a father, and I didn't succeed at it very well. And I was afraid to tell people also. So I think what you're writing, your continued writing, your blog, all that's going to come out and it's going to have a a positive influence on many, many people. So again, go to lawenforcementtoday.com, look for Dylan Warder, W-A-R-T-E-R. And what is your website? One more time
1: www.gypsywithagun.com
0: and are you still doing the music scene now or are you out of it
1: no 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 i i am not a musician never was i uh my friend uh brian is an amazing musician and he gave me a washboard uh because i have uh, a bit of rhythm and uh we survived, so that's
0: it. Well, next time I go to Buffalo, New York to visit my daughters, we'll get together and have some wings at the Anchor Bar or something. Dylan Water, thanks so much for being a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show. Very much appreciated.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: In every community across the United States, we have law enforcement officers. We have first responders. We have incredible stories of heroism from our first responders. In addition to that, we have heroic Crime Victim Survivors If you want to tell your story Of survival And how you recovered And how you rebuilt your life Feel free to contact us We'd love to have you as a guest On the Law Enforcement Today show We made it so easy To get a hold of us too There's many different ways Go to our website LawEnforcementToday.com Download our free app On our website LawEnforcementToday.com You can contact us Through the free app You can contact us On our Facebook page Twitter Instagram heck send me an email my email address is j that's jay at law enforcement thank you so much for spending part of your day with us here at law enforcement today on behalf of everyone associated with the show and the website this is john j wiley until next time see ya